listening to Cooper Talk. Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. I got to tell you, my guest today, well, she knew Ch- she knows Chip Chantry, which was good because my wife, Joanna, and me had been watching her on Lucky Hank. And then she was on High Desert. And Joanna was an episode in front of me. And she yelled, honey, from the room. The girl from Lucky Hanks on High Desert. So I watched it, and she's a comedian, and she's an actor, and she's a singer. And for some reason, she lives outside Philadelphia. But I heard she's an avid Cubs fan, and which I want to find out about. And my guest is Shannon DeVito. How you doing, Shannon? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So how are you a Cubs fan? You're from Philadelphia. I mean, I know they're a great team to follow, and Wrigley's a great place, and I have lots of friends from Chicago, but come on. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a very sad life. Um, I, uh, my dad was a huge, is, is a huge Cubs fan. Um, and so I just grew up. That's how I kind of learned about baseball. And, you know, I think once you get, I, I'm, I'm not a quitter. So I, I, I was like, well, this is my team now. I guess I'm stuck with them. Uh, and so, yeah, 2016 was fun, but uh, they got bad again, which is, feels more normal. Um, but yeah, my dad. My dad is to blame, really, for all of my sports uh, affiliations. Now, is it true you've sang the national anthem at ten stadiums? I read that somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now, tell me about how that happened. Because first of all, I know people who sang, and they said it's one of the scariest things ever because <laughs> you're looking and you can't hear yourself. But tell me how this happened and where you sang, because you know that, that's awesome. I mean, I I would be shit myself. I'd be like, oh my god, I can't I can't sing. But how this happened? <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny that you say that because literally every single time before I did it, I was like, I made a terrible choice. This was awful. Why did I do this? Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't, it, I think it came about because I want my, one of my goals in life, I guess, uh, is to go to every major league state baseball park, um, every stadium and so i was like well wouldn't it be cool if i could just sing in all of them um and so i that's what i tried to do for a while i like just sent in my audition tape and then um they would be like sure come on down and uh i would go and it was cool it was very fun um it was quite terrifying i have not done it in a very long time um but yeah i've done it all over uh I did it at the Rockies and Toronto and uh, Houston, uh, the Orioles, the Nationals. Uh, I don't remember where else. Tampa. That place is fun. Um, ooh, I sang at the Phillies, but I did the um, I did God Bless America. I didn't do the anthem. All right. So let's talk about your acting. Well, let's talk about Tetris. I saw that you're doing Tetris. And it's funny because Brian Husky, you'll be episode 966 of Cooper Talk. Brian Husky oh, was wow. episode 195, and he came in studio in L.A., and he was the nicest guy. And then one time, yeah. me and my wife were going to audition for some stupid game show, and he was walking out of the building. I'm like, oh, Brian. But it's funny how you remember people. But now I saw your your helping raise money for the writers, which is so important because, because if people, if you know, support the writers, I know so many TV writers who they, they, they're so important. And we'll talk about that with your characters, but it's so important. So how did the Tetris come up? Because I don't even know how to play Tetris. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how to play it. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, play video games. Uh, well, that's fair. Um, I, I mean, I grew up with Game Boy, right? So uh, Tetris was like, According to the movie, um, Tetris was the first game on Game Boy. Um, so I just, I fell in love with it when I was a kid. And uh, it's something I apparently am very good at. I don't know why. You know, I don't really admit to a lot of things that I'm good at. But I, I'm weirdly good at that. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, I don't really want to pick it for the writer. I don't, not a really, not like a good picketer. I, I get bored. And so I was like, how can I help? I'm going to help the writers. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll like do this thing and um, have some of my friends come on and we'll chat and just hang out and try to get some people to donate money. And um, yeah, so, so I do that on Twitch on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Uh, until the strike is over. 
and uh, we're raising money for the Entertainment Community Fund, um, which actually helps more than just writers. It helps everyone in the industry who is hurting, um, who's uh, needing to pay bills and stuff and, and isn't working right now. Um, so it's a really great cause. And yeah, I just hope it helps a little bit. I don't, I can't do much. I, I'm, I'm so grateful to the writers for doing this and for really just putting, putting themselves in a precarious position to better the whole of the industry. And it's really, what they're doing is really something important and, and scary. And uh, I just want to help a little bit. It must though, for you, it must be sort of a little bit frustrating because you're on two shows with two great casts and you know, you're getting that heat. And I know people who had sitcoms and then 9-11 happened, which was awful, but then everything, it changed the industry. And then I know people who were hot when the last writer strike, but you always bounce back. But does it, it's a little frustrating because you know, you, you, you're on two shows with the may i mean amazing casts i mean you are blessed with that because the people that you work with especially lucky hack the dinner teens dinner sable oh god but this is it a little bit frustrating that you sit there and you're like okay i got this juice going i got this juice going and then oh shit well you know it's funny like i mean i i don't find it frustrating i find it a little scary um because i you know you look at the history of kind of what happened during the last strikes and um you know you i'm very very lucky to be on not no pun intended uh to be on lucky hank and with that cast and um you know i am worried about it uh, i think that you know you never know what's going to happen after the strike is over um but uh you know it also happened to me um when COVID hit uh like i had a movie come out and i was on a couple of shows and so COVID kind of derailed that a little bit too so i'm kind of having to find my own little weird windy path uh up this little hill that i'm on um so yeah i, I it's it's but i don't uh, frustrating is not the right word because i do i i i do understand what's happening and i i'm very appreciative of what's happening because it's going to help everyone in the long run um but nervous i guess is more the right word um, but also, you know, I think, especially when COVID hit, like, I kind of found something out, like I started writing more and, um, which was very exciting to me. And, and I, uh, you know, I think when stuff like this happens, you, you have to just kind of pivot your brain a little bit to see like what you can be doing during this like lull a little bit to keep the momentum going, at least in your own, like, heart and soul, I guess, um, so that you don't like just, because if you just sit there and just go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? Uh, you'll go crazy. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm writing a lot and I'm trying to do some weird videos with friends. I'm doing the Tetris thing. You know, I'm just trying to keep my, my creativity going. Now, what got you into acting? Because with the listeners, this is, you're, you're in a wheelchair. And it's something that, you know, disability, it's in, L, in Hollywood. Mark Pavan, Mark Pavanelli's been on a show uh, who's a little person. And, you know, he had a hard time. And it's just one of those things. And, you know, Danny Woodburn just wrote a great article for the Enquirer. But what got you into it? Because, you know, I, I grew up with a lazy eye and it always bothered me. But, you know, and so when I did stand-up, I was always worried. But how did, did what made you gravitate towards that? Because a lot of times people, you know, with disabilities, they don't, they don't want to be center stage and you conquer, but at a young age, did you sit there and say, I want to sing? I want to dance. I mean, I think I do comedy. I mean, how did you, how did your whole career start? When did your love for performing start? That's a great question. Uh, well, so I, I grew up when I, I wanted to be a pitcher for the Cubs. Um, and, uh, that didn't really work out. So, I was like, well, what else can I do? I can't really play sports, um, even though I love being around them. And so I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll do this thing. And we, um, in elementary school, we were, we had to be in the plays. And um, I was like, oh, wait, this is cool. This is fun. I can do this. I can't, um, I can't pitch, but I can pretend to be a pitcher. Um, and so, uh, I mean, not really, no one cast me as that, but that's besides the point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think that it was just something that like, I couldn't do one thing. And so I pivoted to something else. 
Um, and I fell in love with it and, um, I just worked really hard and I, yeah, I mean, Hollywood is weird and hard for everyone. Um, yes, having a disadvantage of, you know, being a, a person with a disability is, uh, some can be called a disadvantage, but I also think like it makes me unique and it also has kind of, uh, shaped who I am and who, uh, what, pro what perspective I can bring to a character. And I think, um, it's become an asset. I mean, it's been, you know, something that I've worked to be, to have become an asset, but I do think, yeah, I, did, I think it's hard, but anyway, so I don't think I answered your question at all. Um, a real yeah, quick note, real quick started. about an asset. I gotta tell you about, you know, building a character in high desert. When she gives the guy, the, uh, the gummy, she doesn't give you one, and your reaction that makes me laugh my ass off when you're like, Well, what, don't I get one? That I just say, so you know, that cracked because just your whole reaction cracked me up. I was like, Holy shit, that's so because I love dry physical stuff. That was just so you know. So, anyway, back to I just wanted to tell you that before oh, it lost my mind. So much. I, just your reaction, it was great, but anyway, so back to what you were oh, saying. Oh, that's so nice. Uh, quick pivot to that just for a second. Um, that's so nice. Thank you so much for pointing that out and for saying that. That's for even watching, I mean, quite honestly, thank you very much. Um, but uh, our our wonderful director, Jay Roach, um, uh, kind of was like, I told him, like, I had an improv background, and he was like, oh, okay, well, then have fun. And I was like, okay. And so he, um, that was an improv line that I was like, she was, like, leaving, and he, like, kind of gave me the reins to just be a weirdo and... Um, I was so grateful for that opportunity because uh, a lot of the lines that you saw in High Desert were improv and I just kind of like, just they let me play and it was so fun and uh, yeah, so that that's so cool and that's so cool that you pointed that out because uh, I was really proud of that moment. It was um, great. But so, okay, so how, so when you were young, so what got you? What made you pursue acting? I say, you know, because you all have things sure. when you were younger, but what made you sit there? Was it high school? You said, I'm going to do this, or what was your path? Yeah, I mean, I guess, no, I don't know really when, I guess, I guess college. So I, um, I went to school for music business um, because I always knew I wanted to be a singer, but my, my parents wouldn't let me go to school for uh, the arts because they were like, get a real job. And, um, and so I was like, haha, well, I'm going to get an even less useful degree. Um, and so I got a music business degree, um, which is bad at the time of like all the music downloading was happening and they, my, they gave me my degree and they were like, good luck. Um, but I was, uh, I was in college and I, instead of wanting to be part of like all the music business stuff, I was always at the theater and I, um, I was in all the musicals and I, I did, I did Fiddler on the Roof and I was, um, I played Yenta and, uh, for those of you who don't know the ins and outs of musical theater, um, Yenta is a very small character, but she comes in and she makes people, she like has joke lines and then she leaves and she's like really not in the show very much, but she's very fun to play. Um, and, uh, I loved it because I came in, I got like some big laughs and then I left and I just like got to hang out with like my friends for like two and a half hours. And I was like, Oh no, wait, this is what I want to be doing. Um, and I wasn't really sure how to do it. And then, uh, like years down the road, I like tried, I tried to, I I was like, Oh no, I want to be doing performing. And so I got, I like left and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be like a real actor. And I like auditioned for like Shakespeare and crap. And I'm like, I'm not good at Shakespeare. No one ever should cast me in a Shakespeare show. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, and then I tried to do musical theater and I was like, oh, I, you know, I can't really dance. Um, and so uh, I wasn't getting cast and I found audition for an improv theater. And I got in the, I got in the cast and I was like, oh, wait a second. Comedy is it. This is what I want to be doing. And I think at that moment, that was really when I was like, okay, here we go. And it took me a while. Like I, I really do call myself this like weird late bloomer because I was like 28, I guess. And so it, you know, I feel like 
I'm very, uh, I'm a little jealous of like the people who kind of figured it out at like 18 and were like, oh no, comedy is it. And then they like got to pursue it uh, a little earlier. But, um, but I like my path. I mean, my path is unique and interesting. And I think, um, yeah. So anyway, so that, so, com- so comedy and then I kind of went from there. Now, did, were you getting your comedy teeth in Philly? I mean, were you in the Philadelphia area when you started? Because okay, I, I came, I, I was back in like 88. I got, two years after I got out of college, I started doing comedy. And when which comedy works in comedy factory outlet. And I caught the tail end of the boom. But I worked for like seven or eight years. But then, as the funny thing is, as you said, when you start younger, so like, but by, by the time I was like 30, I was burnt out. I mean, because you're on the road constantly. So that's the one thing. So what was it like in Philly then? Because, I mean... I was going, I was on the West Coast for so long, but what was the Philly comedy scene like when you were around it? Was it very, was there a lot of unity? Because like mine, we had like Adam McKay and, and Paul Tompkins and Keith Robinson and we would all just hang out, you know. Paul Tompkins worked at Bats in the Belfry at, at, uh, on South Street. He never, he never had money for beer, but this one guy, Dennis Horan, was an engineer. He'd always buy us beer because he liked to do comedy and hang out with us. So it was, we had, a, I always think Philadelphia had a really good, tight knit of ta- great talent in comics. What was it like for you? Because, you know, I know th- you're probably with, you knew Chip, because you got into stand up, right? A little bit. I was not good at it. I mean, I still, I can, I do it every now and then, but. I, I always watch it like Chip and James and, and them and they're just so good at it and Mary and they just really just are so, so talented and I just was like, oh yeah, no, that, that that's not, that's not my wheelhouse. Um, so I was more improv and sketch. So you're doing improv and sketch in Philly and then, so mm-hmm. now where do you expect that to take you? Because it's something that, you know, your improv and sketch is taking you somewhere, but did you, did you go to Chicago? Did you stay here or what was your path? Uh, New York, I guess, but I don't really know what I expected from it. I think to answer your first question, uh, the community was incredible. And I think that's really what made me fall in love with it because it was these people who just all kind of stuck together and like were so supportive and so um, just positive and excited about being there and just made me want to work harder and made me like love the form and the just the idea of the camaraderie that could happen on a stage um at any given moment i mean that's what's so exciting about improv is that you you're on stage with eight other people who support the crap out of you and who want to make you look good and who um and and you do the same for them and so it's just this exciting bond that you share for an hour and you um get to share with an audience and i think that that's so exciting and and that translates off stage as well like i think people um i was very very lucky to be around the people that i got to be around uh for however many years i did it um and yeah i just it was such a cool cool group of people and those people have gone off to do incredible things and it's very fun to watch them and um and yeah and you just know that you've all you have this bond with them um and where did it take i didn't know where it was going to take me honestly i just knew that i loved it and i knew that it was making me a better performer um being around these people and i guess i mean new york i guess like i took classes at um UCB and, uh, and, and the pit in New York, um, and did shows there. And then, yeah. And I, and then like, I started auditioning for, uh, comedies out of New York. Um, and so I got, that's kind of where, uh, I got my start. Now, what was your, what was your first gig on, on TV or film? Just because it's so funny when you talk to people who have an improv background or people who are, strange uh trained actors or even comics when we go on set we have we have no idea really what uh you know the camera and uh and where to sit like oh here's your mark and you're like what mark like because you, you do it but what was your first uh time in front of like like in a big production in front of the camera and did you know what you're doing because it's i was in this little short movie and i was so worried because the crazy guy the partier from uh tom hanks movie bachelor party was with me and, and i had an, an 
sketch troupe in L.A. And I just kept freezing because the guy kept saying, and I, I, it was one line. And the director's like, Steve, what is wrong with you? And I, oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's like a camera right in front of me. It's scaring. But what was what was your time, first time on a, on set like? Because it, it is, it is. people don't get it. They think it's so easy. It, it's it's scary, man. It's it's like, holy shit, there's everyone looking at me. You're worried that you're going <laughs> to piss the director off. Do you remember your first, like, your first gig that you were like, okay, man, this is, this is big time. Oh, yeah. It was Law & Order SVU. I played a rape victim. <laughs> uh, like a true comedian. Um, we, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone has, if you're a, if you're a New York actor and you haven't gone through Law & Order at some point, you have uh, not done it. Um, yeah, that was my first, that was my first job. And I, my character was mute. Uh, I don't think that's the right word. Uh, I apologize. Um, that uh, she was uh, nonverbal. Um, so she, which is not a character. I, I do want to point that out. If I were to get an audition for that now, I would absolutely not do it. But when you're starting out and you're like, they're going to give you a job on Law and Order SVU, you take it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I did. And uh, she just made a lot of noises. And we make fun of that character all the time with all my friends uh, because there are some very funny photos that they took of me um, after, like, because they have to, like, show the, like, you know, like, is this the, like, do you know I this watch person? it. Me and my wife watch it. We watch yeah, yeah. it. We've seen all yeah, of it. Yeah. So, like, there's, like, a very, very funny photo that they, like, they took of me. And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's uh, absolutely insane. And um, every time it's on TV, uh, we crack up because uh, it's so funny. What was it like? Because that said, you know, I mean, once again, you know, you you look, you worked with some really great talent. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. when it's shit like that, I mean, it's one of those things that's been around. I mean, you think about it, that show's been on for twenty years. I mean, it's insane. But you know, so, so, what was was it a hard audition process? I mean, was it you and other people? in wheelchairs or was it some people who were just acting as nonverbal? I mean, what was the audition room like? Cause we all go into audition rooms and I always go in with creepy guy and it's always great. Cause you go, I'm not that creepy. Come on. I have a different picture of me. But what was the audition for you? Like what was the audition room like? And, and even to this day, what, what are audition rooms like for you? Are you, I mean, cause your part on lucky Hank being in a wheelchair doesn't make a difference. The character is, is going to be, that character, but but are you in the beginning? Were you getting more of those kind of calls where it's like, okay, someone in a wheelchair, or what were the auditions like? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, for that one, I don't remember anyone else. I think that it was like a weird time that I went in, and it was just me. And then I got called back like immediately, and then I came back in, and like a few hours later, I like went down the street and like ate lunch, and then I came back. Um, so that audition process was, was very weird and unique. I think I've never had one like that ever again. Um, so, you know, first time out, great job. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, for years, that's all I would ever go in for is like wheelchair girl number four. Um, and, uh, which is always very strange because like, spoiler, not all people in wheelchairs are the same. And yeah. so it's like, like I am very, very different of a performer than like Allie Stroker, but Allie and I would always go in for the same things. And it's like, right, but we are not the same person. We act very differently just because we're in wheelchairs. This is very strange. Um, and so anyway, uh, that would happen a lot. So you would see the same like eight people. Um, in audition rooms, because you're like, oh, hey, uh, <laughs> you're back. Um, and, yeah, but I, I think as my career kind of went on, I started getting more stuff that wasn't, like, Difficult People was not um, a, a part that was that was for a person in a wheelchair. I just happened to have, wear glasses, I think, and they, uh, they called me in. And so, um, yeah, I've been very, very lucky to get some roles that weren't necessarily written for disabled talent. They just happened 
uh, I was I just happened to get the role. Now you're also on the Larry you were on the Larry Wilburn, right? His show. I was. Yeah. Okay. Well, what was that? What what was? Because I I know he's an amazing comedy writer. I mean, the guy is oh so amazing. brilliant. But what how what was that show? Uh, what was? What like, did how you, did I get it? No, what did you do on the show? It's it's a panel, right? Oh yeah, so the, it was uh, it was the nightly show with Larry Wilmore, and there was a panel of um, guests, and there was like two. They had like correspondents that were always on the panel, and then they would bring in like either an expert or some more comedians um, to be part of the panel. And there was like a topic, and we would chat about it, and usually you'd like write some jokes before you went on, and then you'd say them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was very, very cool and very fun. And uh, he is so brilliant and kind and just that was a dream. I, I I still can't believe I did it. Like, it's like you look back on some of the stuff you've done, and you're like, what even is life? Um, and yeah, I was it was it, that was definitely one of those moments. Now, how do you living outside Philadelphia? How do you navigate your career? Because have you have you thought about moving to L.A. or? Or is it something that, you know, you, because, well, right now, the business has changed so much. Everything's taped by, you know, which, which by the way, what is your take on that? Because I know a lot of actors who hate audition on film a lot because they love the room. But I know a lot of people who go, like Liz Vashie, she's like, my husband's a cinematographer. So I look good at <laughs> everything, you know. But what, what's your take on it? Because it's something that for actors, you know, everything changed with COVID and it does give the mobility where you can live somewhere else. But it's also sometimes, you know, because you have an improv background, that's going to get you that spark may get you a role compared to if someone says, okay, Shannon, here's three. Well, what, what, how has your view on it been? And do you hope it stays video because where you're located or what? You know, I, I love it and I hate it, which is such a, a bad answer. <laughs> Um, but I, I love that I get to be in the comfort of my home, um, and I get to feel comfortable. I feel like sometimes, especially for me, like I would travel to New York for auditions. So like I would be on a train and then I would have to like run to like hustle to the audition. And then like, you know, your brain would just be like all over the place. And if it was cold, like I'm very bad in the cold. So like my hands would be freezing and like you know, there's jackets and the, the whole nine. And so for me, physically going to an audition was sometimes very difficult. Um, and so I, I think that aspect of um, self tapes is so great. And it's definitely widened my horizon of like what I've gotten to audition for. Um, where I struggle um, is I'm, uh, I, I'm a perfectionist. And I'm also I also am have severe anxiety and so i when i audition i um and i i have there's no feedback i literally am so anxious about like every single word that i say or every movement that i make and i overanalyze every single thing and so i really love the zoom auditions because it's still in that comfort of my home i still am like not having to struggle to like get places, but it also gives me that ability, like you said, to have like improv a little bit or like have that rapport with the casting director and get instant feedback because I love direction. Like I love um, adjusting and like getting a new take on it and seeing what I can do with that, like that note that they've given. And um, that kind of stuff is excites me so much. And, why I love being on set so much. Um, so being isolated in my home and doing a self tape is very hard, but I do think um, there's aspects of it that are very exciting. And I think if there's a way to kind of do more hybrids where you get to talk to a casting director, um, I think that it, it could be a game changer. Well, and also on that point is, and I, I watched your reel on IMDb and, and you work very strong on facial expressions. And, and, and that's, but that comes from improv, you know, that comes from anything. That's our natural reaction. So when you're sitting there, even if someone's reading to you or you're doing a part, you don't, you don't, it's not instinct. Cause it's like, it's, you know, you probably know that it's something that your face, if someone says something, you can go, what? you know, but if 
you're just sitting there going, well, you make this face. It must be hard for you because you do have very good facial expressions. And I think that that sells comedy to me. I think, you know, if, if you can pull off a dry pan or a facial expression, you know, I mean, Belushi just raised his eyebrow. You know, you were like, oh, my God, that's so funny. But for you, I mean, it must be, I mean, is, does that just come natural to you? Or do you practice it? Like, you go, okay, here's my look of disdain. And you're like, Ugh. you know, I mean, what is, how do you, how do you come up with, or is it just something from your training? You just know how to throw it out there. Uh, well, I just constantly look in, in disdain. Um, I, you know, I think that is a very interesting question. Um, no, I don't practice it, but going back to like self tapes, um, for, uh, just a brief second that what you're saying is so interesting because it's like, what happens to me is I, um, because I have like so much time and like, I can just sit there and do it over and over and over again. The, the expressions that like I make just off the cuff become like this weird, you look at it and you're like, did you plan every single moment like that? That's so weird. Um, that's why I don't work a lot. Um, but, uh, but I think that also because I, have physical limitations a lot of time like a lot of what I am able to do is with my hands or my face and so I think that just naturally um what someone might do with like a stance I do with my face and so I think that or like my chair which you can't really see on a self-tape so that's not really helpful um but uh, yeah, I think that, I think that it's just, it's been an adaptation really more than like a talent. So, so at what point does your career start catching momentum? You said COVID, you had a movie coming out. Tell me when you start, cause you, I mean, you know, you, you go, you gave a look, but you, you, you've been on two, you've been two shows. You've worked with, you know, some of the best talent there, but when did you feel like I've, I've arrived? And I know that's hard for people to say, cause they don't want to sound arrogant. And we always have to strive for more because I know people who've had TV series and haven't worked for two years. And it just, it's the nature of the business. But when did you sit there and feel like, you know, I belong to be at the, I belong in the big table because it shows you can, you know, with the, show, the cast you're working with. But when did you feel like, okay, you know what? You know, I, I'm, I'm fucking good. You know, like I, I, I belong here. I mean, when did that start? When did you, did, did you feel that way at all? No. Not at all. I, I literally do not know what you're talking about. I, um, no, I, it's something I really struggle with. I, uh, you know, I've been I've been very very lucky to work with the people I've worked with. I this is going to sound like a very weird brag, but um, you know, Bob Odenkirk would constantly tell me, you know, you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job, and I, I it, it takes every single ounce of myself to allow myself to believe it. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's something it's something I very much struggle with. So I don't I don't think I've made it yet. Um, I'm still working very hard and I uh, hope one day I will, I will be, have a better answer. Okay. Well, tell, t- tell me about, cause I read something about, it was at uh, Southwest, 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 best summer ever. Tell me about that movie. Mm-hmm. Best summer ever. Uh, sure. Um, best summer ever was a movie I did with, um, Zeno mountain farm, which is a company that, um, special that works with um, disabled people uh, and really works to make an integrated set both off camera and on camera. Um, and they have been doing this for years. They, they're they a very wonderful company who um, just works really hard and just makes just joyous work. And um, they decided they wanted to do a musical, a feature length musical. And um, so they uh, they decided to bring in some professional actors to play the um, to play the leads, and so they did. And I was one of them, which was very cool. Um, and they were just they really strived to make something with just pure joy and positivity, and they did. And I was very lucky to be uh, the lead of that film. So, Lucky Hank, how did that come about? 
what was the was it a long process for auditioning or did your agent call you and say hey we might have this role and Bob Odenkirk's in your oh you know but I mean how did that uh how did it come about um yeah I mean anytime you say the words Bob Odenkirk you just literally go how do, when and where do I show up um but the process was weird actually I think I got the audition and um I did it and it was uh I thought it was garbage as usual and um I sent it in and I didn't hear anything for months but maybe a month and a half um and then I got a call and they were like hey do you want to be in Vancouver next week and I was like oh okay um and yeah I um I heard later so I do this thing every year with my friends um called the disability film challenge and it's this uh it's this short film um contest where you shoot a short you write and act and produce and edit a short film in in 48 hours and um one of the judges or one of the mentors i'm not really sure what he is but um is um uh there's a lot of like famous people and um uh where, where was i going with this um one of them saw me in it and he was a producer on the show um and uh it was peter Ferry, and he um saw me in the a film that i did and then saw my audition and was like oh i know her and um i know they were like looking to like uh diversify the cast a little bit and so yeah i was very i was very lucky to kind of make a strange connection that was so long-winded and weird um but yes that was that's kind of it was i think it was a combination of my audition and who i happened to know so how was it shooting the scenes because you had cedric yarborough who's so damn funny so amazing and uh, i can't her a uh, crier um She's great. Suzanne. Yeah, she's the the whole the whole professor. You're, all of you are perfect. You have the old drunk. You have the one guy who's wife, and then you have Diedrich Bader popping up. And it's such a good cast. I mean, as an actor, what does it feel like when you're? I always compare. You're a baseball fan. You know, you're a Cubs fan. I always say it's like you were in Double A AA or Triple A, and now you are in the big leagues and it's connected with Farrelly, who's a comedy legend. I mean, yeah. what is it like to sit there and just, you're, cause you're probably just playing when you guys do those scenes. I mean, was it a very scripted format or did they give you room to improv or what was the, what were the takes like? Um, we got them scripted first and then we got to play a little bit. Um, but for the most part it was, it was pretty scripted. Um, it was terrifying. <laughs> um, I mean, I there would be days where I would just sit there and look around the room, and these are some of the most talented human beings in the whole world, and I got to be in a room with them um, and just watch them be extraordinary. And I learned so much, and I think um, I'm just I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity because it just... I, yeah, it is like being like single A and like going to the majors for like a couple weeks because somebody got hurt. And, uh, and I was like, well, I hope I hit a home run. Um, so they don't send me back down. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, it was, it was extraordinary. I mean, these, they're all so funny and I, uh, I'm very, very, very grateful. Was your scene with Husky when you're like, I'm, I'm not going? I don't think it was that. Was that improv or was that written? When, when Brian Husky's playing, he's going to give the speech, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go or I might go. I mean, was that improv or was that written? No, that was written. We have the Lucky Egg writers are so good at what they do, and uh, we had some amazing scripts and most everything that you saw on that show, I think probably Cedric got a bunch of improvs in there because his were all A+, because uh, he's, he's an amazing improviser. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, it was all scripted. What was your highlight of the show? 
if there's something to say, what was your highlight of doing Lucky Hank? Was there a certain scene that you just went, man, I just love this? Because we all do that. Like when you do comedy, you love one joke. You know, if you, and even when you watch, you do, if you do any kind of acting, there's a line. Is there, was there a certain scene to you that were like, you were like, this is the crown on my cap, which you won't admit it because you won't even say you're sitting at the, at the big table. But was there, was there a crown on the cap when you just said, oh, man, like you went, I mean, any any scenes? Well, I mean, being part of the dinner party episode was extraordinary, and I loved being. I just loved being there. There was a moment that we had that uh, I I was standing with Diedrich and um, telling him like, if you haven't watched the show. But there, there's a there's a scene where he was like trying to hit on one of the other characters, and um, I'm pretty sure I'm like egging him on. And oh, uh, you are, you are. Yeah, so I am. I mean, and that's pretty much my whole character. She's just like egging people on, just seeing where she can like push their buttons. Um, and there was a moment where I was like, oh, can I turn away and like make a face at the camera? And um, our, our incredible director Jude uh, was like, "Yeah, do it," and uh, and it was just one of these moments where, like, for the uh, like the first time in like a very long time, I felt like, "Okay, I can do this," and I and they all were like, "Oh, yes, great," and then they like, and it was just super cool to like be given the um, just like not the authority, but the um, the ability to to do something unique and funny and that wasn't in the script and that like they gave you just permission to do it and it was just super cool knowing that like I was in a room with people who just I've looked up to for years and who whose work I admire so much and they let me do this weird thing that I got to do and um I just I remember thinking like this is super cool like I I am so jazzed that I get to like, I get to be playing with like the big dogs and they let me do like a weird thing that like, I was like, Hey, I've been thinking about this. Is this okay? Can I kind of do this? And she was like, yeah, I don't do what do it. Well, like, yeah, oh, okay. After Lucky Hank, how did High Desert come along? Cause once again, you're working with Patricia Arquette, who is amazing in everything. Like, I mean, yeah. when she played the, um, the person who helped his prison guards escape when Tonawanda or whatever it's called that role. And then of oh, course, man. you know, when she, even when she was on uh boardwalk empire and just everything she's in, she's great. But how did that role come about? Was it, was it a straight audition or was it an offer or what was it? That was an audition. Yeah. And um, actually I did that before I did Bucky Hank. Um, it was months before. Um, I did Bucky Hank in October of 2021, 22. Um, and, uh, 22 and then I did, but I did high desert in January. Um, so it was, um, my first job after COVID. No, that's not true. My first job after COVID was manifest, but, but this was my first like big job. Um, yeah, I just for a different part and I didn't get that one. And then they called me again. They were like, Hey, can you audition for this one? And I did. And then I had a call back with, um, Jay Roach and the uh, other uh, producers who were amazing. And uh, yeah, I got to go do it, which was very cool. What's it working like with her? Because once again, she's, she's big league, man. She's, you know, she's an oh, award yeah. winner. I mean, is, when you work with someone like that, are they very giving? I mean, cause they're, there's a reason why they're good. They're probably, they probably know how to give and feed, but was this, were you nervous for this? Were you nervous for that when you were in scenes with her? Oh, absolutely. 100%. I was crapping my pants. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very scary. Um, she's an, an amazing actor, and she knows exactly what she's doing, and she does it such a unique way every time, and you're just like, how are you getting better every time? I am, like, just barely getting words out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was very cool. It was very cool to watch. It was very cool to learn. And well, I think, um, you know, Jay Roach was also just so kind, and um, I think he made it feel more comfortable. And he included me in everything. Like when when I was on set, he was like he would like show me kind of the monitor, and like we would talk about things. And again, he just kind of let me 
play, which was really exciting. And the fact that she also kind of rolled with it, which was, was very cool. And like, you know, you do an improv and she would like go along with it. And you're like, oh my God, Patricia Arquette's responding to crap that's coming out of my mouth. What is happening? So do you have plans to move to L.A. or are you, you going to stay around here for a while? Or, I mean, because L.A., you know, I lived there for 16 years and um, it's, it's, you know, it's a great city. I mean, it's changed a lot. It's different now. It's very expensive. But a lot of times for the industry, it does help to be there. But do you have plans to move out there? I would love to move out there. Yeah, it's very, as you said, very expensive. Um and I am bad. Yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking. It's also, you know, it's also hard uh, to find accessible housing um, that's affordable. So that's kind of, it's kind of like a, yes, I would love to move there, but it's, uh, it's hard. And so right now I'm very lucky in that the shows that I have gotten work in are kind of all over the place. So you don't, um, they're not in LA really. I mean, we filmed in Vancouver and then, well, the high desert was in LA, but, um, uh, yeah, it's all over the place. So it's kind of, I've been very lucky, but yeah, I, I do, I do want to go there. Now I have just a few more questions. Um, Hollywood towards actors with disabilities, is it getting better in your eyes? Do you think it's getting a lot better or do you, do you still think it's, Hollywood's ancient. They're always behind. Like, it took forever for them to actually give women of a certain age parts, and, and they're still not getting them. But how is it now with people with disabilities? Is it getting more accessible, or, there's, or is there more roles coming available? Yeah, I think it's definitely getting better. Um, there's still ways to go, but I do think, you know, you don't see uh, people... Um, sorry. Can you hear that? Um, I don't hear anything. Sorry, just hang on one sec. I just want to, my, uh, we have a house phone still, because I don't know why, um, but it, uh, it just like always spammers that call. So I don't even know why we have it. It's like, we just get spam all day long. It's like, what is happening? Like, why do we even have this? No one of the note calls here. Anyway, um, okay, sorry. Uh, can you answer a question? No, is, do you think Hollywood is getting better with actors with disability? you think there's more opportunities coming and you see it building more in the future because, you know, it is a, it's a big part of society? Yeah, I do think it's getting better. I think that you don't see, um, you don't see people without, uh, characters with disabilities getting cast by people, um, non-disabled people as much anymore, which is really... A dumb thing to have to be excited about, but it's exciting. Um, I do think you're also seeing people in roles that aren't necessarily for disabled people um, a lot, a little bit more, which is exciting. You're seeing more intersectionality, so you're seeing, um, you know, uh, people uh, people of color with disabilities more, which is also great. But I do think it still is the one diverse section of Hollywood that hasn't gotten. Um, you know, a television show that ha features uh, a lead with a disability and you haven't really gotten um, a lot of stuff that's been created by by people with disabilities. I think that's one big area that really hasn't been explored. I mean, Ryan O'Connell um, created this show called Special, which is really, was really great, um, but it was it was only two seasons and um, the first season was just very short. And so, oh, that's out right now. Um, but really that, you know, we're, we're very lucky and we're starting to see like, um, some Asian representation and black representation, all those people get to create, um, are creating content that's great and, and needed and, and exciting. And there really isn't that for, um, people with disabilities. And so I do think that that's a really big, it's getting better in front of the camera. It needs to get better behind and up like higher up. Um, because really there's you, if you're going to tell disabled stories, it needs to be, t why aren't disabled people telling these stories? You know, I, I think that that's, there's something so unique about that perspective and what that person can bring 
to, you know, art. And I, I, I hope that that starts to improve. And finally, so what do you have planned? Anything book, anything coming up besides the Tetris? I mean, I know it's a strike, but do you have anything you're working on or anything that's already in the can that will be coming out or what's, what's going on with you? I don't actually. Um, I, yeah, I have that. I'm, you know, we'll see. I, I don't really, I don't really, I have no idea what, what time will bring. Well, you know, um, you, you might, you might get a, a, a WGA nomination for cast for Lucky Hank. I could see that happening. Well, I, I'm not, I, and not WGA, WGA. No, I mean, screen actors go, I'm sorry. Screen actors oh, go, you might get for cast. Uh, That's a good, I you don't think so. cast. Muriel the, Ennis? The cast is incredible, but there's also, you know, there's some amazing shows out there right now, and um, I don't think anyone will be Ted Lasso. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just really happy to be included, and I hope that we get another season. Um, uh, I am, I did film a show that will probably come out next year, um, but that'll be on um, Prime Video. But other than that, I'm not sure what's what's what is happening right now but uh we shall see well i want to thank you for taking the time and i always love talking to people from the philadelphia area because i'm a cherry hill boy but i like i was always in philly and uh i want to thank you and people you know if you haven't seen lucky hank go watch it because it is really good and high desert's really good and then she has some uh has some great scenes in high desert and now how can people get in touch with you i know you're on instagram yep. is it, is... i'm on instagram um at shannon devito D-E-V-I-D-O, um, and that's at Shannon DeVito anywhere you go. If you type that in, you'll find me. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, I'm not really on Twitter anymore, but um, uh, yeah, YouTube and Instagram. So people, go go find go find Shannon. Now go to my website, coopertalk.net. You can find over 960 episodes. You can email me at cooper at coopertalk.net. Twitter, I'm at coopertalk. Instagram, I'm at coopertalk1. Remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Shannon.